Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. What's up, friends and family? Welcome back to the Wake Before the Day podcast. Today we're looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and we're going to talk about the Benjamins, baby. Talking about the cheddar. What dollar amount is talking the Benjamin? Talking about the money. What H- about? Hundy? Is it? I don't know if I've ever seen that. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about, we'd be bankrolling all the Benjamins. No, no. Well, I'm more familiar with George Washington. Yeah, yeah. or the, the Abraham Lincolns and George Washingtons. That's kind of how we roll. Oh, but it's the same. Yeah, it's, good. I, it's important. I stumbled across to. an article the other day from from Forbes magazine. It was actually a couple years old, but it popped up because I was looking about something on finances, and it says, "Is the Bible the ultimate financial guide?" From Ooh, non-Christians. Forbes. I was like, oh, they're Click. talking about this. Yeah. <laughs> when, when you look at the Bible, though, the Bible has a yes. lot to say about money. You know, 500 mm. verses are in the scriptures talking about prayer and faith. There's over 2,000 verses talking about money and possessions. Yeah, that's a lot. a lot. When mm-hmm. it comes down to like Jesus' parables alone, you can break down Jesus' parables and 40% of them, again, are dealing with money. And so as today we're going to talk about money, what Paul is going to make really clear is that the conversation at the end of the day and ultimately is not about money. It's about God and people. Yeah. But we know that our, our money is attached to our hearts and what we love and what we think about and what we care about, we spend our money on. Right. And so he's going to talk about money, but ultimately talking about our hearts and our standing <laughs> with, with God and other people. It's helpful, you guys. I'm so grateful for Second Corinthians 8, even though it's sometimes a topic that's like, I don't want to, I'm just going to read these really quick because it's, it really, I think, brings to light so many things that are so relevant for us, just like all mm-hmm. these other verses and chapters we've gone through. Because if you remember where Paul is and what's going on with this church, is there's been issues and Paul's actually come back to see them and some of the issues people are, are grasping and repenting of. And then some of them Paul's continuing to press into. And so this gift gift um, gift giving and generosity is one of them that's particularly important because it's it's something that's banding all these church plants and houses together because what yeah. has happened is the church in Jerusalem has fallen on hard times and they're Paul which is mostly Jews and then Paul's going to all of these missionary church plants that are mostly Gentiles saying hey we need to give and we need to we need to band together so that we can support each other including the church in Jerusalem yeah. and a lot of churches were very happy to do that they yeah. they planned and they um they took an offering and then they sent someone to receive the offering yeah. and and it was a joyful time of giving and a reminder of our generous god whereas the church in corinth <laughs> didn't they not didn't prepared <laughs> not always happy and <laughs> that's what paul's addressing today and so we're going to kind of jump into the first seven verses we'll just walk through really slowly kind verse of one at a time verse. and then uh break them down so i'll start with you start with verse one All right, cool. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. And so, again, like you mentioned, all these other Gentile churches, Jewish Gentile churches for some of them, what Mm -hmm. Paul's alluding to is that the gospel produces generosity. Right. If you understand, like, who you are in Christ, then you're understanding that giving is a part of who God is and what God's done and is who you need to be. And so whether it's Philippi or Thessalonica, the church in Berea, all these churches are giving. Mm-hmm. And so Paul's looking at Corinth going, if you're living in the gospel and you're understanding God's grace, then you shouldn't be able to help yourself but to contribute and to give. Right. Verse 2 sounds like this. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty 
mm. welled up in rich generosity. And so it's interesting because like we're talking about giving that's I want you to picture like um, people selling their properties and their farmland to be able to give to the church body. People, it's such a sacrificial type of giving yeah. that it's almost like it's unfathomable for a lot of us today where we kind of think, you know, well, we get our weekly or biweekly paycheck or whatever it is. And then we, and we try to sit down and, and really think about how we're going to give where this type of giving is something like Paul saying extreme poverty. Like that's, um, that's such a clear testament again to the generosity of God and to the church because it was so painful. Yeah. Like they're in a severe trial. Oh, yeah. My goodness. I think about sometimes for us what that looked like. Um, and I, when I go, I mean, when I go way back when Clark and I were first married, it was yeah. kind of one of those like, Hey, um, I think we lived on biscuits, eggs, Oh yeah. Or rice and beans for a long time. It's good. But then even after that we transitioned and I we'd been working for a little while. I think Clark was on the verge of being ordained. He was finishing up seminary. And we really me. I I had a really just specific kind of um big ask. And that was, you know, I think it's time for me just to be at home. Oh and yeah. After our, our, our second was born. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember being like, okay, I am How living about on now? a pastor's salary and you are a nurse. So you're kind of my sugar mama. It's more helpful for you to stay working, Bobby. You're my sugar mama right now. How are we going to do this? But we, yep. you know, per usual, Bobby Jean was right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, And that's nice. uh, she's usually ahead of me on these things. And uh, it was the best decision for our family. It was the right decision, uh, what God was leading us into. Um, however, when you take out your the majority of your income yeah we had to look at our budget and part of looking at our budget then required us to look at our tithe and offering yeah and so we won't get into specific numbers but we wrestled with this and came to a conclusion that that was one part of our budget that we were not going to change and it was like we're going to keep this the same and every year going forward the rest of our life lord willing we're only going to bump it just as we can to give a little bit more and more and um that was really challenging, like challenging even in the heart where you're like, how are we going to do this? Are we going to make it? Yeah. And this kind of thing. And so that was just a, a season where we really wrestled with the Lord, but it was really fruitful and good. And it was very formative, not necessarily in what we could buy and the things we could do, but who we became. And now as we try to teach our kids this too, that's yeah. become just an important part of our family and the value that we hold tightly to and what God's called us to. Well, Paul gets to that where he's saying like, let's put your money where your mouth is. Cause like, yeah. you know, status was such, such a thing in the church of Corinth where we, in that season, you know, Clark and I are like, we, we trust you God. But then it came time to like, look at our Excel spreadsheet. That was really fancy. And we're like, we trust you God. <laughs> and so, you know, it's, yeah. that's what Paul's call is. It, it is and it's his, his call to all of us. Yeah. And so verse four, I love this. Because the the other churches Paul's talking about says, and they urgently pleaded right. with us for the privilege of sharing in his service hmm. to the Lord's people. So while you got us kind of going, all right, God, we trust you. How are we going to do it? There are other people who are giving according to their means, giving right. beyond what they should be able to give. And they're going, let us give more. How can we give more? We want to participate yes. in the kingdom and the gospel. And you're like, how do I get there? Because I yes. want that heart. I want that that mentality. Right. Right. And then verse five, verse five says, and they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord. Yeah. Cause what is this whole conversation about? It's not right. about money. 
It's about God and the gospel reaching people. Mm-hmm. They gave themselves to the Lord and then by the will of God to us also. And so it's not so much about the X's and O's and the amount. It's about our hearts becoming like God's heart and us mm-hmm. becoming like Christ. Mm-hmm. And and part of that's our money because yeah. our hearts are attached to it. Right. And then it ends um, that, well, I guess it kind of, yeah, it ends with six and seven. They sound like this. So we urge Titus, just as he had heard earlier, made it had earlier made a beginning to bring also to completion this act of grace mm. on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith and speech and knowledge and complete earnestness and in love, we have kindled in you. See that you excel in the grace of giving. And so this is kind of like, it sounds like the Corinthians had this really wonderful ability to talk about themselves. And so Paul's saying like, talk about something that's worthwhile, like excel excel in this like, um, this gift of generosity and this generosity that's produced by gospel works that will show the fruit that's been bore Mm -hmm. here in the church in Corinth. And he's like, look at the church in Macedonia. And it's not necessarily about comparison, but it's saying like, Mm -hmm. look, they have grappled with and have experienced and understood the reality of the gospel. And look at how that has changed how they've lived. Yeah, he's saying so. Corinth, this needs to be the same said of you as well. Yeah, uh, verses eight and nine. It says, "I am not commanding you, but I want to <laughs> test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with mm. the earnestness of others. For you know that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, he might become rich." And so again. J- the model for this and the motivation, the reason for why we're even talking about this today is Jesus Mm -hmm. leaving heaven, the pleasures of heaven, the comfort of heaven to become poor, to become a human, to become just like us, to take on sickness and sin upon himself, Mm -hmm. to go to the cross and die. It's like, that's generosity. That's the ultimate picture Mm -hmm. of generosity. And so we need to follow through because Jesus followed through. So it's like, Hey, yeah, you're talking to someone. I'll pray for you. It's like pray for them right then and there. Or if you're a volunteer and you committed to something, it's like show up early and you're going to be there. We're not wondering, like, are they going to come? This is part of it. And so commitment is required Yeah. when it comes to your financial giving, but also when it comes to your prayer life and your volunteering and your stepping in. And commitment is what he gets to next. Yeah, so verses 10 and 11 sound like this. And here's my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. Last year, you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire Mm. to do so. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. And so you kind of think of there, there's a phrase that's like, yeah, the pathway to hell is paved with good intentions. And it's like, that is what Paul's saying. Well, yeah. he's saying like your desire is one thing. Thank you. Thank no, you for the desire. That's hugely important. It. Follow through. Follow through whether it's, you know, people, one of the things that people hold on to most dearly from our Gigi, who we're coming up on about a year, who's gone to the Lord now, but people hold on most dearly to handwritten letters that she would write. And these are letters that, you know, maybe were maybe something maybe minimal, like it was just a thank you about a word or a prayer, but she followed up and she wrote the thank you, a handwritten thank you that would come to your address. And so those are precious things that we have now, even still that are part of her legacy, her handwriting that we look back on and the words that she would use, but that was her finishing and coming to completion, a task yeah. that people can actually hold on to. And so Paul's saying that when you finish, when you start something, finish it, yeah. Church in Corinth. If, if we don't yeah. follow through on our commitment, what you're essentially saying is, I found something else that's more important to me. 
Sure. Um, something, oh, yeah. I, I'm prioritizing something else other than what I've already given my word and my commitment to. Yeah. It's like, hey, like you started this thing, you're going to finish it. I remember as a kid, wanted to back out of things, usually not sports, but usually like groups at school or after school programs. Yeah, like programs. band. Yeah, <laughs> I think I, that you wanted to band was never band. my thing. I, I did I a drum lesson band. once and it was like, yeah, I'm not, I, I'm not a music guy. <laughs> you are and our kids are becoming that, which is awesome and we need it, but it wasn't my thing. But there are other things where I'm like, Dad, like this after school yeah. group stinks, dude. Get me out of here. My dad's like, nope, you committed to it. You got four more weeks, buddy. Show up and finish it. Right. Well, because we, what we've talked about already with these letters in Corinth is that like your actions ripple effect so much farther than just you. So they're, yeah. you're, they, you, they touch the community oh. that you're a part of. They, you know, And then also I think about that's actually a really good word for our cultural moment right now because so much is like, hey, you know, I might come, but I might not if something else better, if something else better pops up, I won't be there, but yeah. I won't tell you that until last second if I even do tell you yeah. that or I just won't be there. <laughs> and it's like- Yeah, that's how people roll no, today. No, like you need to, if you let your yes be yes and follow through all we have the way. A, we have a funny thing. When we go on dates, we go to the pier and when we got the pier, I'm like, why would we go to the beach and not walk on the pier? So we walk on the pier. I'm like, Bobby, we got to walk to the end of the pier. And, and Bobby Jean's got sensitive ears. And so I got to get her some earmuffs or a nice beanie. This is getting she, personal. She's like, Clark, <laughs> I don't want to walk far. I'm like, we're on the pier. Let's walk to the end of the pier. And so we've got this like ongoing joke on our date nights where it's like, you got to walk to the end of the pier, touch the end of the pier. And walk back. Inter- isn't this interesting? This is part of Clark. Like, you have to do that. You have to walk the whole. Here's my point in all of this. I'm here enjoying Clark. I'm here enjoying the pier. I'm enjoying the ocean. I yeah. My heart is pure before the Lord. I don't need the satisfaction of finishing the walk to the pier. Oh, okay? but why would I go and not because enjoy the fullness of the Why would you go? Because you're there on the, a date with your wife? Maybe that's why you would honey, go. Honey, I, I need more walking time with you. I need to enjoy more walks with you enjoying God's creation. We can. We can. We do. Pier and back. But we, it doesn't need to be where there's windy, ocean, <laughs> cold breeze. Oh, so we walked into the pier every time. Touch it, so, and then we head back. Exactly. So we compromise and do exactly what Clark wants to do every time. <laughs> and so if you see me ever on our date, you won't know it's me because I have a coat on. Bobby and has her, my her hood on, her things over But her don't ears. worry, I'll stick my hand out just far enough so that Clark will, I will try to get Clark to hold it on our date so that you can hand. enjoy our company. I hold your hand while we're going. It's great. Amen. Okay, so... <laughs> The chapter does continue. There Believe is more. Not, it Believe it or not. Verses 12, 13, 14, 15 is talking about how people have this desire to give. They're selling their properties. They're stepping right. in. They're willing. Right. Just to be really clear, this is not socialism. This is not a government saying everybody's right. got to give this sure. much. This hasn't worked out well for anybody in the world. Hey, this is free will offering. Because right. again, God wants you or your heart to willingly and, and to to long for the things of God, yeah. to step in and to participate. He's right. not forcing you to do this. Mm-hmm. He's saying, come on, let's be part of it. So now from there, if you jump down to verses 20 and 21, Paul again's going back to his integrity, his heart, his yeah. character. He's saying, we want to avoid any criticism of the way we administer this liberal gift. So for we're taking pains to do what is right, not only in the eyes of the Lord, but also in the eyes yeah. of man. And so Paul's passionate about this because he knows that if there's any kind of scandal with finances, it will completely derail right. what's happening in the kingdom yeah. and the gospel and these things. So he's saying we're going above and beyond reproach. Right. So just for us at Emmanuel, pastors never touch the money. 
uh, the deacons that the church elects and nominates are the ones that handle it within the admin team. There's ch- uh, checks and balances. Right. There's spreadsheets. If you want to see where is this money going, the church has forms. They can show you right away. And uh, we've actually had those conversations in the past with people who are curious because they've helpful. come out of transparent. They've come from a church with their scandal or whatever, and yeah. it's like, hey, I, I get what Paul's doing here. Yeah, got to walk in transparency in the light, and it's good. And it's good. Yeah. Yep. And that's a gift. So thank you guys for listening to Second Corinthians chapter eight. Um, if you would like to ever go on a walk with anyone or on a walk by yourself to any beach or pier, please know that you are freely welcome to walk a few steps and turn around or walk the entire way. It's the entire way. Don't be a pansy. We're going to be back in a couple days uh, tomorrow. We'll be back tomorrow with Second Corinthians. God bless you. Thanks for listening. See ya. The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.